0: Hey, ladies, gentlemen, boys, and girls, goofballs, and ah, you I know what time it is, and no, I'm not talking about Mariah Carey season, even though, even though it is that. I'm talking about the Football Misfits. This time for episode 73 out of 100. We're almost there, baby. It's the most wonderful time of the year, if you will. I am your host, LV, a.k.a. Paper Fronto, a.k.a. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, a.k.a. Buck Nasty. Sad Spurs fan? (laughs) I don't think so. And of course, it wouldn't be the Football Misfits if I wasn't joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Misfits himself. You know he gets it done, y'all. I'm talking about my boy. Y'all may know him as Ronnie. And... So do I, but it is still the holidays, just briefly. So he still goes by Mister Romcoquito. Ronnie say was good for the one time. Romcoquito until January
1: 6th, Three Kings Day, not the anniversary of the DC raids. Stay strong, be brave. <laughs> Happy holidays. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow, bars. Okay, y'all heard it there first. And unfortunately, we are <clears throat> uh, we are uh, without. Mr. Datadesk, the Spencyclopedia Britannica today. Yeah, he's
1: at the Super League holiday party.
0: (laughs) He's he's, uh, too busy rubbing hands with uh, legends and uh, uh, billionaires. No, he's over there bag chasing, doing doing what he got to do.
1: Yes, sir. Spence is going to be with us on the other side of the new year, I think. So happy holidays. Happy New Year to Spence.
0: There he goes. So without, without, (laughs) without Spencer here, Mr. Datadesk, of course. You can count on a bunch of lies from this side. No, I'm just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding, Where am I? Anyways, Ronnie, let's not, uh, I guess, change the formula. We know how we get down, beginning the podcast. It was a, a break for a lot of leagues this, uh, this week, if you will, beginning the holiday festive period where you don't see any football across the continent, except in the Premier League. However, COVID was giving folks a bit of a stoppage as well. I do believe there were some matches to watch despite that. That being said, favorite match of the week, what you got? Midweek,
1: there was a lot of football across the European leagues. And that pretty much was their final act of 2021. And Spain, they're handling COVID pretty differently compared to the Premier League, you can say. So, And because most of this podcast is going to be Premier League-centric, Let me get my La Liga shot in. Villarreal took on Deportivo Alaves. And it looked like it was a Villarreal game from start to finish. They were the most dominant team to start out. Gerard Moreno scoring his first goal 18 minutes in. Damn near 10 minutes later, Bulaidia adds a second. Deportivo Alaves does get a goal before halftime, however. To make it 2-1. And on the other side of the break, Deportivo Alaves draws level 2-2. So I'm like, oh, shit. The yellow submarine is sinking. But they got right back on the highway to hell. As Dia scores again for a brace, 76th minute. And then three minutes later, Jeremy Pino gives Villarreal Real a 4-2 lead. And Gerard Moreno scored in the 88th minute, his second of the game to cap off a 5-2 win for Villarreal, the highway to hell into the new year, baby. And that is my game of the week.
0: Fair enough. Uh, Yours seems to be a bit more high scoring than mine. Uh, 5-2, goodness gracious. You love to see it depending on the side of the result you're on. But that being said, my game had five goals in total. And it involved, of course, as Ronnie said, Uh, you know, not much else to point out. He was able to, you know, being the excellent researcher that he is, was able to pick out a match that wasn't in the Premier League. Me, not so much. Y'all know how I'm I'm coming. Uh, Premier League matchup between West Ham United and Southampton uh, happened actually before we started recording on Boxing Day. (laughs) I guess you could call it Diet Boxing Day. Ain't no fixtures there. (laughs) That being said, West Ham United, who have been slightly out of form uh, after jumping into the uh, top four and really challenging some of the top teams, Chelsea included, City included, they've been, uh, I guess, sort of, you could say, tired legs, as David Moyes himself put it, put there. And that was reflected during the midweek as they crashed out to, you guessed it, Spurs in the League Cup. And they would do some more crashing uh, today, time of recording on Sunday, of course against southampton the match would begin with west ham on the back foot uh unfortunately for the hammers who were playing at home bubbles was a blow-in and that was pretty much the only thing that i guess they could look at or look towards as Mohamed el Yunusi scored a goal in the eighth minute just to get things going off the top um from there west ham would sort of get back into the match you can tell they just I guess, seemed sort of lackluster in the way they were playing. Uh, an interesting thing was the fact that uh, Mikel Antonio didn't start. Uh, he he was on the bench as he was in the League Cup tie as well in the midweek. So David Moyes clearly trying to rest his big guns. And without the big guns, he's been, you could say, struggling. As uh, West Ham would have to equalize courtesy of their big guns. Mikel Antonio, just in the second half, From there, we're like, hey, we got a game here. Boxing Day special, 1-1. James Warprouse, the set-piece specialist, would say, nah, as West Ham give up a penalty. Warprouse puts it away in the 61st. They're up 2-1. Sae Ben-Rama would equalize three minutes later, making it a match. We're at 2-2 if you're counting. And the last goal would would come to the Hammers. No, it wouldn't. It would come to the away team. Southampton with Jan Bednarak the big center back getting a goal in the 70th minute and West Ham wouldn't be able to make a comeback despite there being six minutes of extra time. Southampton holds on to win, I believe their first away match uh, of the calendar year. And obviously uh, Mr. Davis will be here to correct me. I could be wrong, but I believe I'm right. His final score, Southampton three, West Ham two. Are the, are the hammers in shambles? I don't know. I don't know. Now, every team has a little bit of a slump, and West Ham are going
1: through their slump at the moment. I do admit that was one of the most impressive matches. West Ham are sixth, by the way. They let yep. Spurs leapfrog them today. Um, Before we talk about any other matches, shouts to the good brother, H-Man
0: Coker, who was at this match. Hey. Hey. On the east end of London, look at that. He might have been the... uh. You know, the tipping factor that gave West Ham the L might have been the, oh. you know the spy amongst the hammers. They should have blew some bubbles in my man's. <laughs> I, wonder <laughs> he was cool. I wonder if he was blowing bubbles. I wonder if he was blowing bubbles. We gotta we gotta we gotta figure that out.
1: Yeah, man, but shouts to him and shouts to the teams who <clears throat> are playing on Boxing Day. Facts. Because all all month I could I guess you can say. Matches have been touch and go in the Prem. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's been, uh, it's like when you, oh, it's like ordering a, a slice, uh, uh, a pizza pie and you get it delivered and there's only half the pie in there. You're like, wait a second, where are the others? That's what it seems uh, to be here in the Prem. And I mean, COVID 19, the prime suspect, of course, but it doesn't seem like there is a formula for success uh, in the Premier League. I guess we will get to that. Uh, in 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 a hot sec, but before I guess the the matches that were played today, on Sunday Boxing Day Diet Boxing Day, it's like RC Cola. We had uh, a 10 a.m. A, a cluster of 10 a.m. fixtures, including my my Spurs who would uh, put a Patrick Vieira-less Crystal Palace away three no goals coming from the three forwards Kane, uh, Moura, and Hyungmin Son. Wifford Zaha would get a red card um, in the 37th minute. And that was pretty much all she wrote. Nothing too special in that match there, except there's some positives for me, your boy, as uh, Antonio Conte seems to be whipping Spurs into shape. He got, he got, he's got the team running, and he was able to pull off his uh, his big guns before the match was over. Uh, that win, as you said, uh, Ronnie, helped uh, Spurs leapfrog West Ham with a couple of games in hand. Um Arsenal was still ahead of Spurs, however.
1: And their five nothing ass whooping of Norwich pretty much, you know, held held them down into where are they? Um
0: fourth place they're in the Champions League spot at the moment. As they West Ham. Fourth,
1: held them down in fourth place. Bukayo Saka with a brace. And then you also had goals coming from Tyranny, La Cazette, and the smith Rowe. I didn't see this one because there were other games going on, but Arsenal, a team who were in the ships.
0: Yeah. They, they were at the bottom
1: of the Premier League once upon a time, and now they're in fourth. Ain't that shit?
0: Yeah, back back uh, a long time ago in September when I was riding high as a Spurs fan with a different manager and three wins from three. Arsenal have been flying, absolutely flying, and the, the fixtures that they have after beating West Ham uh, probably the biggest milestone, uh, have been sort of favorable for them, and they've been putting teams away, Norwich included, a team who can't buy a win, you know, sitting in 20th place. Uh, Mikel Arteta's, I mean, I was I was calling him for, I was calling for his head, and I, if I remember correctly, many Arsenal fans also calling for his head, but it seems to be clicking now, and the Gunners are firing on all cylinders.
1: One thing on the Aubameyang point, Tony Cruz must feel vindicated
0: hmm damn not the eye lupin yeah man he's probably watching real far like
1: yeah that's what i meant
0: oh yeah 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 i didn't i didn't even think about that can't i'm sure obama doesn't want to listen to that podcast the latest whichever the latest episode might be goodness gracious that's terrible um (laughs) yeah i i think The, uh, the the uh, the interesting thing about Arsenal is uh, their best player, I think, is their goalkeeper. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just throwing shots.
1: That might be a fact though. Ramsdale has been pretty good of a goalkeeper this season. If we we're doing Thanks. a Premier League 11 of you know people's performances so far, Ramsdale would make the 11, if not the first choice goalkeeper off the bench.
0: Yeah. No, I well, that might not be
1: complete BS or an exaggeration. That might be fact.
0: Yeah, and I, I had some off-the-pod off the, off the pod conversations with the uh, the gentrified Gunnar, who, you know, uh, our Arsenal correspondent said he wouldn't even mind him being captain already. He seems to uh, have a bunch of passion and charisma, as we've seen in a couple matches, uh, you know, really having a go at the away supporters when they're having a good match. And, gets all the way into the, you know, the matches. And uh, it seems they their youngsters as well are really showing up, obviously Emil Smith-Rowe and bakayo Saka.
1: Ramsdale reading off the book of Emmy.
0: And I think that's the one thing you love to see. It's like the, the, the goalkeeper, you know, someone who, you know, is a crucial part of, obviously the match, but can spend, you know, minutes on minutes not having a touch on the ball. The way they keep themselves in the game and keep themselves, uh, I guess, amped up, maybe get in some crowd action. Why not, right? Why not? We love to see it. You love to it? see it, but <laughs> I won't compliment Arsenal anymore and talk about how good they're doing. Uh, that That's where I draw the line. So on to the next 10, 10 a.m. fixture, uh, Eastern time, I should say. Uh, in this block, we also had Man City and Leicester, which could have been another match of the week, an absolute <laughs> shootout. Uh, defense was optional in this match, clearly. Uh, as we saw as we saw lester go down uh three nil in the first 20 oh i'm sorry four nil in the first 25 minutes uh two penalties involved in there kevin brown would open the scoring marez would drop a penalty in ten minutes later uh gundawan would follow up with that and then so with sterling uh and from there i mean you could just all all but assume the match was done and dusted four 0 four nil against the man city team who you know usually picks this time of year to pick up and, you know, go into high gear and just beat teams 4-0, 5-0, 7-0. We've seen it happen. But the team uh, but talk
1: Brendan Rodgers gave at halftime must have woke him the fuck
0: up. I know he slapped somebody. <laughs> he, slapped. <laughs> <laughs> he might have been, I don't want to look about it. He's like, yo, come in. <laughs> because the
1: way they put up three goals off the spin, Madison, Lookman, who got slapped, and Inacho. <laughs> To make it 4-3, had Pep Guardiola shivering his timbers, but came Amrik Laporte to add some more distance, and then Raheem Sterling put up the sixth goal in a Man City six-piece against Leicester City. Um, It's obviously a game of the week because of the goals that were scored and like Leicester coming back from behind after half, but I would assume the questions would have to be asked.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, you mentioned Leicester scoring their goals in the second half. They scored their three goals even faster than Man City scored their three goals. I mean, the first goal in the 55th, uh, Madison, Mount scores in the 59th. That's four minutes. And then Inacho puts one up six minutes later in the 65th. So they busted three goals in, in you know, within a span of 10 minutes, which is unheard of, especially for a Man City team, you know, that's been flying, as we said. sure guardiola no matter you know them doubling their score has got to be heated that is piss po defending um and i think it brings me to what he said in a press conference uh earlier this week or maybe last week i can't even tell anymore it's been a long two weeks if you will uh where he was talking about the christmas period and how he pays special attention uh to his players during this time to see who is focused and I mean, with, with the defense giving up three goals in, in ten minutes, that might raise some questions. Uh, looks like Jack Grealish and Phil Foden aren't the only ones who might be wilding uh, at the Man City camp, if you will. To boy, <laughs> what do you? What, did you have any thoughts about that, by the way? About what Guardiola was saying and sort of alluding to, to to allegedly Grealish and Foden. I mean, it wasn't alleged because they sat out the game
1: against um Newcastle so I think he even said it was disciplinary um Phil Fulton's always getting involved in a party remember hey, Iceland
0: <laughs> there's sneaking shorties into the into the trading camp like man, what's going on here
1: and then Grealish around the holidays is always in some type of trouble
0: yeah I'm Grealish aka Mr. Drink Drive Sam stay off the wheel fam. Hire a driver. Uh, <laughs> Are you
1: doing? These two guys have a track record of you know acting out, I guess. So Pep Guardiola was well in his rights, you know, put his foot down.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but that was the final score, of course, six six to three. Uh that's nine goals in, in one match if you're counting. Uh absolutely ridiculous. Um, as that was it for the, the 10 a.m. fixtures on Eastern Standard Time, if you will. Chelsea would also finally get a dub after having a miserable run of form in the past couple of weeks in the prem here. Um, courtesy of Jorginho, a.k.a. Mr. Two Pens. I'm taking two at all times, no matter what. Uh, and Romelu Lukaku came back and scored himself a goal. Uh, on the other end, Aston Villa would benefit from a Reece James own goal, uh, but no Stevie G in the, in the uh, tactical, tactical area today, um, I believe, for the same reason as Vieira was gone. COVID-19. Yeah,
1: man. And admittedly, we are recording during Brighton Hove Albion versus Brentford at the Amex. Last a game of Boxing Day.
0: A heavyweight matchup.
1: Low-key, this matchup is a pretty good one. Absolutely, it is.
0: (laughs) And I Because Brentford
1: have had their successes, and Brighton were as high as, like, second, I believe, in the table. I think, no, I think they even let the prem out at some point.
0: Yep, and, uh, I mean, even in this moment here, uh, despite sort of having a poor run of form, they sit not too far uh, from the top half of the table. And realistically, um, only about, you know, eight points away from top five, from a European spot, so... And, yeah, man. And, and Ironically enough, Brentford sit just above them in eleventh place. So, yeah, this match definitely has implications. They're really close on points. Uh, I believe Brentford has. Uh, oh, look at that! uh They're they're tied on points. uh So, yeah, this match, you know, in uh, all actuality, is is a heavyweight matchup, or, or, or uh, I guess uh, you uh, know, a you know true boxing Another matchup. Show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like the UFC over here. But, um, yeah, I mean, that being said, there were three matches, of course. Uh, If you're a Liverpool fan, you may have realized that we haven't mentioned them yet. Uh, You might be an Everton fan. Uh, We haven't mentioned them as well. Uh, These matches, these three matches, uh, all postponed uh, due to COVID-19 and the rules there within the Premier League. Positive tests have been... Uh, found on uh, either sides of teams and players who have come in contact, as well as, as, well as staff members, were required to quarantine depending on their vaccination status. Three matches postponed, and that's three on top of the many more that have been postponed in the past couple of weeks. Uh, and I guess this is many more time- that will be
1: postponed because today they postponed Arsenal um, Wolves.
0: There you have it. I mean, the the Spurs Crystal Palace match was in, I guess, uh, was uh, apparently in danger of also being postponed as soon as as early as yesterday. Uh, So, you know, COVID very much alive and wilding uh, on that side of the pond, as well as over here, but specifically in the Premier League, where we haven't seen this number of fixtures postponed all across Europe and for the most part, even here in the States. Um, and I guess that brings us to our conversation. This is one, I guess, that's been ongoing. Obviously, it's been it's, we've been living in the COVID-verse for the duration of this podcast. Uh, this podcast was even birthed during the, you know, the height of COVID-19 virus. So uh, we've heard debates, we've heard conversations all through and through about vaccinations or no vaccinations, about how things should be situated, about how sports should be scheduled. We've seen events get canceled. And the like, we've seen p- teams play behind closed doors and all of that stuff. But all that being said, here in the Premier League um, that we just spoke about, it seems to be running amok at a much higher rate than anywhere else. And I guess a couple questions come to mind and a couple thoughts as well. And I guess the main thing is what can or what should the Premier League do about it?
1: I feel like there's no one size fits all solution for this.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think you're right. I think that's I think that might be the issue there. And but I think also it's like there's got to be a better solution than what's going on at the moment. Vaccinations or no vaccinations aside, the Premier League as we know we mentioned at the top of the pod, most of the, the leagues in Europe uh during this time have a holiday break. The Premier League is the lone league for the most part, or in England, uh, you know, the only association where there is no uh, sort of holiday break and Boxing Day has become such a fixture, a fixture date, if you will. And it seems like now more than ever, this season might have been the time where something of that nature may have been, you know, good to implement, a, a break of sorts, whether it was before Boxing Day or, you know, if necessary on Boxing Day itself, because as you said, you know, many more matches will continue to be postponed um, here and in in the near future, as Brighton just score a wonderful chip goal here in the 34th minute. That being said, um, you know, you you consider the issues that that occur. I mean, we saw based on reports and whatnot uh, that the Premier League have been hesitant and have been using uh, this, you know, a stoppage of play or a stoppage of a game week uh, as a last resort. and. Even last week, as we saw many matches postponed, just like the week before, um, we figured, and I thought maybe Boxing Day would have some sort of postponements, uh, if not the entire int- the entire weekend. Which the Premier League, at the beginning of the week, uh, came out after a meeting of coaches and an emergency meeting of the Premier League, that they would continue on with the Boxing Day. Um, and looking at reports here, it seems that the this uh, the latest rounds the latest round of testing uh, in the Premier League just this past week or however, however uh, recent it was um, as, as late as this past week, uh, had a record high of 90 positive results among players and staff in the Premier League. And while the previous high was uh, just 42, and that's a huge jump. So it's, it seems as though while cases seem to be what continue to climb in the Premier League, um, you know, matches continue to, Go forth and players continue to come in contact with each other, with the, the crowd, with staff, with coaching, and the numbers continue to go up. And it seems at this point, for me, I don't know. It just seems that instead of things sort of slowing down, it's reaching a point where I think a stoppage is going to have to happen, where they won't have a, cho- not necessarily a choice, but that might be the, the only option at, at a certain point. And it seems to me that the Premier League, um, rather than reach that point and have to pause and then figure it out, I feel like maybe could have postponed a week to sort of get folks together, be it Boxing Day or not. That's how I feel.
1: I heard a counter argument, which is a valid one. If you postpone a week's fixtures, there would, there would pretty much not be anything going on, no trainings, no no training sessions, no nothing which would pretty much give players full reign to do whatever they want.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And some of these players might just be careless and reckless and, you know, do what Lanzini did last winter and had a holiday party with, I forgot which, for Eric Lamella. So- Eric Lamella,
0: Sergio Reguilon, Giovanni Lo Celso.
1: Right. The fact that you remember everything verbatim, wow. No, but, so that was like a concern to, you know, not pause on Boxing Day or, After the fact, but um uh, and that I guess is valid, but at the end of the day, like I said, I don't see there being a one-size-fits-all issue because when you look at a team like let's say Liverpool, for example, who they don't really have many cases of COVID on their team, like yeah, they do, but not enough to where they can't field the team.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so I guess the more postponements, you know, pretty much. Screw the teams who aren't impacted by COVID. Um, Arsenal hasn't really been impacted by COVID from what I know. they have their game postponed against Wolves. And that pretty much, you know, fucks up their, you know, stride. They're the top four now. They're making a good run. And there's a good run after being bottom of the table. And now they're going to have to deal with some off time. And it's not going to be like Spurs coming back against Liverpool where they look to be the better side. It might not be like that. It could be, oh, uh, they just forgot how to play suddenly. So I don't know. And you add that with um, Africa Cup of Nations coming up, which no one in the Premier League wants. The Premier League is pretty much in a position where, yeah, I'm just going to say, they're fucked. But they're, the <laughs> only, they're, they're the only league dealing with this in footy. La Liga isn't having this issue despite Real Madrid having a little mini outbreak in the middle of December. But when you look at it, not to sound harsh or anything, everybody but a player or two were bench warmers. Facts. Luca Modric, and I guess you can even say Marco Asensio, like were the key figures who had COVID and had him miss out. Marcelo even had it, but he doesn't even play
0: anymore. So <laughs> I saw Marcelo's name. I said, dang, look at that. I kind of forgot he was still there.
1: Exactly. So they had a mini outbreak, but not enough to the point where they couldn't play games anymore. Um, you don't really see much going on in Germany, though they have taken the precaution to have some games, depending on the region, behind closed doors. And the entire Air Divisie is playing behind closed doors again now, too. So and then I think Ligon is the most vaccinated league in the top five European leagues, if that makes any difference. But I don't know. It's a Premier League issue. And um, COVID aside, they needed a holiday break a long-ass time ago. Play Boxing Day, but take a two-week break after that. But that's besides the point.
0: Yeah, the, the Premier League. Instead, uh, that's when FA Cup starts to ramp up and the League Cup semis begin to ramp up and fixtures get even more congested. Uh, as I'm sure, no doubt, there will in uh, no, the next in, in couple a reason, of weeks.
1: In, in, um, in an ideal world, and the Premier League could take a holiday break. The FA Cup could start a week later than it does now, and everything will still be done according to schedule. In an ideal world, but, you know, the Premier League is backwards with everything. We say this about VAR and the Prem. They're backwards.
0: Yeah, I remember back uh, then
1: before like COVID fucked with the schedules, Bundesliga had damn near a month off.
0: And I think Bundesliga it, and we I guess don't want to get too political in regards to vaccinations and unvaccinations. The numbers are there um already, which I guess we can just point out and leave leave there. Uh in, in Europe, uh for the most part in the big leagues, uh it seems that uh well serie A has the most uh the highest percentage of vaccinated players fully vaccinated in 90% League is up there as well 95%. Um, and with La Liga, just upwards of 92% And uh, Bundesliga as well. Uh, but on the Germany point, it seems that they are the most proactive in regards to, um, you know, taking the necessary measures, uh, going behind closed doors, uh, at when where there are high infection rates, uh, and things like that, whereas the Premier League, I feel like, aren't and it could be an it could be a, a, in regards to an issue with economics, you know, wanting you know the play uh, the fan um, ticket the ticket stubs and things like that, the gate um, money that you um, the gate revenue and things like that, not wanting to lose that. Um, but I think the I guess my only point is of all of this, despite what whatever is going on, the point is that there it seems to me in the Premier League that they're trying to save every piece of money that they can get that being not postponing uh you know a full week of fixtures um allowing fans to continue to you know come to matches um and i think them not wanting to let go or compromise or sacrifice a couple of those you know variables um will ultimately it's going to result in i think them having to compromise all of those variables, i.e. stopping everything you know if, if it continues to get worse, which I mean the numbers seem to be showing it will. Um, so that's the main takeaway that I'm getting from this um, on the percentage, though, as far as the Premier League, I think it was reported that. Um, I think as far as vaccinated players, uh, the Premier League, I believe, is down 77%. So a considerable drop in players that are vaccinated. Um, and again, disclaimer, this isn't a go get vaccinated uh, rant or you know whatever, do what you do. But uh, it seems like the numbers are there and, and that's where the outbreaks are the most in the Premier League. And they've got some splitting to do. I think, Ronnie, two points you said that, that hit it the best. Uh, it, there isn't a one-size-fits-all solution. And uh, two, they're fucked because we've got teams, um, Spurs, we mentioned had a COVID outbreak in December. And are three games back, have three games in hand. Um, And I thought that was bad. If you think about Burnley, who are four matches back, sitting in relegation. uh, They'll basically be playing midweek football the rest of the season, it sounds like, if things continue to go on like this. so, a lot yeah, of we have only be- played
1: three games in December period.
0: That's madness, especially with the heavy uh, festive period where games on games on games. So it just seems like it's only gonna get worse, especially at the business end of the season where Champions League uh, comes back up. The FA Cup ramps up, as I said before. We have League Cup fixtures. Um, so all of those things are going to, you know, add up. And I think it, it's going to get much worse before it gets better until something changes. And obviously, we don't have the answers. We're just some regular Joe Schmoes on the microphone. Um, but Bars, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that there. Um, as far as the Premier League goes. One we hope- last
1: COVID point, um, and it's, sort of related to the prem given that this is the first time we're talking about spurs being kicked out at the conference league because of covid and let's hear that tone change ov Ooh, hoo, hoo,
0: hoo, hoo. oh man the best possible outcome uh everybody's mad at uefa i'm saying thank you thanks guys uh obviously uefa um, I can't say it's obvious, but it seems as if they're uh, using Spurs seem to be the first uh, post Super League club that is getting uh, their ass handed to them by UEFA in the form of this forfeit. Little do they know that was the best possible thing that they could have done. But, um, you know, uh, players oh, and managers still have to finish top four. Well, we shall we shall see. But I think the goal is the goal for me was getting them out of the conference league and not focusing on that, just focusing on the permit itself. Now, that being said, with the amount of matches that they have uh, in hand, they're gonna be playing midweek footy as well. So it's not like they'll be having a full week to prepare for matches anyways with what's going on. But this is a step, I think, in the right direction. Antonio Conte will say otherwise. He was going at UEFA uh, in his uh, recent press conference uh, before Boxing Day and uh, was unhappy. Clearly the, the man just wants to play. But if you ask me, it should have happened this way, and it did happen this way. So I got my that wasn't on my footy footy clause uh, wish wish list, but I'll take it.
1: Now, because of that, the Tess will be the team in the Conference League knockout playoff against Rapid Vienna, Rapid Wien, if you will, um, instead of Tottenham, and then of course Wren. Got out of that group as group winners they are in the round of 16 because of that i i knew we had to bring that up because we had it in a while um what else do you want to talk about
0: i guess on, on the covid la- last thing for me at least last point the this thing about five subs continues to come around in meetings and nothing has been done about it uh do you think it it's it should happen
1: in the Premier League, I mean, In the Premier League. what did I, what did I just say? Not ten minutes ago. The Premier League is backwards,
0: ass backwards.
1: <laughs> they're not gonna budge, just like how they're not gonna budge for a break. They're not gonna budge on this. They're keeping
0: three subs. Yeah, and it seems to be that way. And I don't uh,
1: want coaches complaining about lack of subs when they don't about lack of having five subs when they don't even use one. Hi, Ole.
0: Oof. Oh, you know, you, well. <laughs> he's on vacation <laughs> well, <laughs> 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 nothing really
1: got me tight when i hear people like him talking about oh we need to have five subs and then you're playing in a fucking cup final and you're not using anyone until the 100th minute when you could have used one early in the game and probably put the game to rest but no i'm sorry for ranting but
0: no, well, well said, and that. And with that being said, I can guarantee you that coaches are going to continue to complain.
1: That's the yeah, that's hypocrisy.
0: Is there? I think that's like a qualification or prerequisite to be a Premier League coach. Must complain well.
1: Jurgen does a great job at
0: it. Yo, facts. I know the refs hate his guts. <laughs> like, fam, leave me alone. <laughs> leave me alone, Jurgen. Uh, but that being said, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that pretty much does it. Quiet week, uh, you know, COVID or holidays or otherwise. Um, whether or not it was a quiet week or a loud week, uh, there will be BS, no matter what. And if there is, we will, we shall find it. That being said, Ronnie. You're telling me it's that time, aren't you? I'm looking at my watch and I think it reads BS,
1: (laughs) I don't know. Uh, Yeah, look, I think, yeah. Did you have BS of the week in the prem?
0: Yeah, mine in the prem. Doesn't have to do with COVID. does have to do with social media, something that we've been seeing time and time and time again. And something that you guys will see how much, just how much of it we have been seeing uh, soon enough. but. That being said, yeah, I'll go first. Uh, mine goes to, to my coach, my manager. My man's in them. Antonio Conte. Uh, <laughs> I, I hope that... I'll start with saying I hope that he's not the one who's running his Instagram account because my man acts like a 13-year-old boy the way he's running it right now. Uh, on uh, the Spurs Spurs Reddit account uh, over the past week, somebody spotted out uh, a like over uh, a, a woman's photo uh, where she was uh, showing plenty cleavage if you will and you know amongst the likes folks you follow and stuff like that you'll see uh, when it crosses your timeline or whatever the case may be and under this uh, I can't say it was NSFW but yeah close enough um, photo we saw a name none other than my man, in them um, a manager Antonio Conte I'm like, fam, I thought he was focused on football. What are you doing liking titty pics, fam? What's going on? <laughs> what are you doing, fam? So that being said, I hope it's not him. Uh, I know my man is a married, married in that. Uh, so maybe he has a team that runs it for him. And uh, his team is throwing the like button willy-nilly. But it doesn't stop there. If you look at Antonio Conte's Instagram account and just go to his posts, you know, most recently he posted a a nice photo with him in a blazer uh, under a Christmas tree and things like that. The, <laughs> the funny thing is, he takes his time. It, there's two, two ways to look at this, Ronnie. It's either that the passion that we know him to bring and focus and attention to detail. He also brings that to his Instagram because he comments on damn near every reply that he gets. Whether it's just blue hearts or a sentence in Italian. It could be anything. Um, to the point where he sometimes reply, replies to looks like trolls, troll accounts, maybe bots, stuff like that. You know, he get a thumbs up emoji. Uh, he just lets it go. So, either he che- gives the same dedication as he does to footy, to his Instagram, or, fam, his team got nothing better to do. <laughs> what are y'all doing, <laughs> <laughs> What is this? Why do you comment on every reply you get? It's ridiculous. So, uh, BS of the week. Whether it's at Conte or whether he has a social media team, Antonio Conte's social media, specifically his Instagram. Guys, get it together, man. We have a top four. I feel 40 like,
1: yet. I feel like it's a, he has a team because business inquiries has a hotmail Italian email address. So might want to you know send some emails and inquire about his or whoever runs the social media is um, pesky pesky likes, if you will.
0: Big facts. So that, that, was, that was my BS of the week there. Um, Ronnie, what you got?
1: Well, mine is a bit more SFW. Um, <laughs> and we're gonna bring it back to the MLS. Before I do, I wanna remind you of a BS of the week we did last week with Cal with Julian, where Atalanta wore a special holiday kit where the main feature was a skyline silhouette in the bottom of the kit they claimed it was the skyline of bergamo when we all know it was the skyline of torino but they the manufacturer that is homa was like no that is bergamo Fuck what you heard so i say that to say in mls We know New York City FC were the champions of MLS Cup, and MLS teams who win MLS Cup usually get a star above their logo, above their badge, above their crest, however you want to call that. MLS Store, who you know gets all these jerseys out and whatnot, they put the star over the Adidas logo. Instead of the NYC logo, and some of these champion, some of these NYC kits went out to people, and when they open it, they're excited to see the star, but the star is misplaced. Instead of the badge, it's on the manufacturer logo, like Adidas won MLS Cup.
0: Oh hell no! Those shirts are getting recalled and sent to wherever those. Patriots seventeen and zero shirts got sent to. Me. Dang, that's terrible. That is terrible. See, the this ain't window no cup. What's going on?
1: <laughs> um, another blunder from Major League Soccer. Um, yeah, man, I want those shirts back. I mean, I want a refund. I mean, I didn't order, but if I did, I would want a refund because that is unacceptable. Unacceptable. Ooh.
0: I'm about to ask for a refund just because.
1: I'm about to ask a refund because there wasn't no Parade, but...
0: oh, see, now you're getting into it. Yep, yep.
1: But now that I'm thinking about the COVID uptake, I might just, you know, retire that take. But yeah, man, still would've been nice. Even if... Nah, 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 nah. The Parade in New York would've been nice regardless, but I get why they didn't do it. But yeah, besides the point, all that's besides the point. The fact that there's a star ahead of the on top of the Adidas logo instead of the NYC logo BS of the week for me, and that is my last BS of the week for 2021. As wow. BS of the year will feature all of our BS's of the year.
0: I gotta say it's been quite a year, but here we are, final episode, final actual regular episode uh, of the of the year, and. Wow. To us, virtual cheers. Ding Wow. Well that being said, <clears throat> I know it's Boxing Day, and we got some uh, holidaying to do, if you will. or whether you don't, whether you're uh, you know, uh, Christmasing, hanuking, uh, Kwanzaing, or for the rest of us, festivus. As Ronnie puts on the signature footy claws. Footy Claw is, in effect, the mayor of Misfitsville. There he is. (laughs) Population us. Let's go. That being said, Ronnie, do you want to go ahead and sign the boys off.
1: Population three. (laughs) Plus all the guests we've had, which is like 10. So um, (laughs) we appreciate everybody who has listened to us throughout the year. And those of us who will continue to do so into 2022. Do not forget, we have BS of the Year coming in the midweek. So, all of the BSs of the Year you guys submitted to social media, we appreciate it, and you guys will get the love y'all rightfully deserve. For so the good brother LV, I go by the name of Ronnie. We will see you on BS of the Year. Adios, mi gente.